Hello, friends, and welcome to Into the Word, a radio and online program committed to reading, loving, and living the whole counsel of God. Lord willing, our intention is to go verse by verse and chapter by chapter through the entire Bible. Here to continue that journey is our Bible teacher here at Into the Word, Pastor Paul Carter. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Hope you have your Bible open in front of you today to Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10 is a bit of an odd chapter. It's an odd chapter, first of all, because it's really just an introduction to the final vision of the book. And we don't even really get into the vision until chapter 11. So it's mostly a preamble. It's also interesting because it pulls back the curtain, you might say, to show us the spiritual reality behind the political and personal realities that we experience on a daily basis. The Bible treats both as real, the visible world and the invisible world. And in this chapter, we are dealing more with the latter than the former. We'll begin reading at verse 1. Hear now the word of the Lord. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belteshazzar. And the word was true. And it was a great conflict. And he understood the word and had understanding of the vision. All right, so this vision, the longest oracle in the book of Daniel, came to him in the third year of King Cyrus, or roughly 536-535 B.C. It had to do with a great conflict, a great war, which obviously had visible earthly political aspects to it, as well as invisible cosmic and spiritual aspects. The two are inseparable in this vision, as indeed they are in reality. Verse 2 says, In those days I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. Well, first of all, let's notice then that the diet mentioned in chapter 1 was obviously not Daniel's lifelong diet. There was a reason and a season for that diet, but it obviously didn't last because Daniel makes it clear here that he was fasting from his normal diet, which obviously included meat and wine. Daniel is fasting because he's in spiritual turmoil. This vision is given at the changing of the ages. Babylon has just fallen, and Persia is on the rise. Daniel is having a hard time getting his head around that. We always assume that the way things are is the way they will always be. And when we are proven wrong, it is very disorienting. And that orientation is often very stimulating intellectually and spiritually. Think of all the great writing and thinking that came about after the turmoil and upheaval of World War I and the end of the modern age. Or think of all the great thinking and, and spiritual and emotional and psychological upheaval that followed the French Revolution or even the fall of the Berlin Wall. Change and discontinuity are very stimulating. At the turn of the ages, great thinkers think and great prayers pray. And that's what Daniel is doing here. We jump back into the text at verse 4. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Uphaz around his waist. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, 
his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. Now, almost every scholar will agree here that whoever this character is, he is the same character or the same type of character that is being described in Ezekiel chapter 1. A fair bit of the description here is word for word the same as what we have in Ezekiel 1. He also sounds an awful lot like the Lord Jesus himself as described in Revelation chapter 1. Listen to what John says about Jesus in Revelation 1. He says, then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. So, are we to understand that the heavenly being in Daniel 10 is, in fact, a pre-incarnate appearance of the second person of the Trinity? Some scholars say yes, definitively. That's who this is. Others are more reserved, and they say, well, that's not said definitively. Certainly, it's an exalted heavenly being. Whoever this is... He is a being of incredible glory and power, such that Daniel cannot bear to stand in his presence. Verse 7 says, And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell on them, and they fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision, and no strength was left in me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed, and I retained no strength. Then I heard the sound of his words, and as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground. So Daniel is literally overpowered by the presence. As a human being, he can only handle so much, right? Like a, like a 100 amp service panel that's just been struck by lightning. Daniel has blown a fuse. He's out. He falls on his face unconscious. Verse 10 says, And behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for now I have been sent to you. When he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, Your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. So the heavenly being encourages and strengthens Daniel and enables him to stand on his feet. And he tells him that he has been sent from heaven in response to Daniel's prayer. Now that in and of itself ought to be an encouragement. God responds to earnest prayer. But the being also says something a little bit bracing. In verse 13, it says, The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia, and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days. 
for the vision is for days yet to come. So apparently God sent this being to Daniel to encourage him, but he had to press through demonic opposition, apparently with some difficulty. That's absolutely fascinating. Now, we want to be careful, obviously, not to over-speculate, but whatever this might not mean, it's pretty clear it means something. It means, at the very least, that the devil is active in resisting comfort and encouragement as directed towards God's people. It means as well that angelic creatures have some kind of official connection to political and geographical nations. The heaven-sent encouragement wasn't resisted by some anonymous demon. It was resisted by the spiritual prince of Persia. That's an absolutely fascinating piece of data. Now, we're also told that the vision that was sent to Daniel and its interpretation are for days yet to come. I think that's important to notice as well. Sometimes we're told that every vision in the prophetic and apocalyptic sections of the Bible must be understood as having immediate relevance to the initial readers. But here, we are told that's not necessarily the case. This vision has no particular application in Daniel's generation. It is for days yet to come. But that isn't to say that the information is of no value to Daniel's generation. I I love how Tremper Longman III puts it. He says, To know that such a great salvation is coming in spite of the present circumstances cannot help but deeply encourage the godly. I think that's a good word. We jump back into the text at verse 15. When he had spoken to me according to these words, I turned my face towards the ground and was mute. And behold, one in the likeness of the children of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke. I said to him who stood before me, O my Lord, by reason of the vision, pains have come upon me, and I retain no strength. How can my Lord's servant talk with my Lord? For now no strength remains in me, and no breath is left in me. Again, when having the appearance of a man touched me and strengthened me, and he said, O man greatly loved, fear not, peace be with you, be strong and of good courage. And as he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. So just notice here that we need God's help to hear God's word and to stand in the presence of his messengers. Daniel was physically, emotionally, and psychologically overwhelmed by the presence of this heavenly being, and he needed three doses of supernatural encouragement before he was able to carry on in the conversation. We need God's help to hear God's word because of our human frailty. Verse 20 goes on to say, Then he said, Do you know why I have come to you? But now I will return to fight against the prince of Persia, and when I go out, behold, the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is inscribed in the book of truth. There is none who contends by my side against these except Michael, your prince. Now, once again, we see that angelic beings, here called princes, are associated with specific nations. We've encountered the prince of Persia, the prince of Greece, and the prince of Israel, here identified as Michael. Michael the archangel is the prince of Israel, obviously meaning that he is the head angel over and assigned to the people of that 
nation. Now, this idea of specific nations being associated with specific angels goes all the way back to Deuteronomy 32, 8, and 9, which says, When the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of the peoples according to the number of the sons of God. The sons of God there refers to angels, as it does in several other places in the Bible. Throughout the Bible, specific angels appear to be associated with particular people and places. And so it is here. And what matters for our purpose is what the heavenly being says in verse 20. Let me read that to you again. I will return to fight against the prince of Persia, and when I go out, behold, the prince of Greece will come. The heavenly being seems to be saying that the spiritual battle with the prince of Persia remains to be fought, following which there will be a spiritual battle with the prince of Greece, or to use the language of chapter 7 and 8, one beast will be slain only to have another take its place. But even still, the fight goes on. And this reminds us of one of the major themes of this book. Behind every political battle in the visible realm, there is a spiritual battle in the invisible realm. The two are connected, and God is in control. And with that, our chapter comes to an end. Most scholars agree that the chapter division here in our English Bibles is unfortunate, and, and that really all of chapters 10 to 12 should be read as a unit. This is the last vision in the book of Daniel, and it lays out God's plan and providence for the centuries ahead. The focus is mostly on Persia and Greece, the two beasts of chapter 8, with their two princes from chapter 10. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Thank you, friends, for listening to another episode of Into the Word. If you're interested in additional resources or previous episodes and series, you can find those at intotheword.ca. You can also connect with Pastor Paul and other Bible readers on our Into the Word Facebook page. Just type Into the Word into your search bar. If you'd like to contribute to this listener-supported program, go to the website and click the Give bar in the top right-hand corner. Once again, that's intotheword.ca. We hope to see you again real soon right here for another episode of Into the Word.